0: years because there's been so many competing things going on that have challenged our sense of thankfulness. And so we began by focusing on a bedrock of thankfulness, God's very nature, and how we can be thankful for who God is just because of his character. And, And we've dealt a little bit with Taking our concerns, our complaints to God, when it's not easy to be thankful, talking to God about that. Today, I want us to take a little bit more positive approach, a more optimistic approach to our thankfulness to God. Now, if I'm candid with you, that's an area that I struggle with at times, okay? Nobody ever accused James Jones of being too optimistic, all right? That's not ever happened. In fact, like I have read the creed that the Optimist Club has to say at every meeting. And I knew I could not conscientiously ever join the Optimist Club because I could never say that, all right? Because I just don't believe it. That's just not me, all right? Some of you are more optimistic. That's good. But this does sometimes affect my relationship with God, and here's how it happens. You know, something comes up in life, and and we all have this stuff, right? Something with our kids, our, our spouse, parents, our work, our church, our finances, our health, whatever it is, and then it becomes a worry. We're thinking about it, we're concerned about it. We don't know how it's going to turn out. We you know, it, we just have real concerns. And for many of us, the natural reaction to this, which is a good thing, is to take it to God. And so, we pray. That's exactly what we should do. And I do that, right? And it's not just one prayer. Usually it's sort of a take it to God several times during the day. A lot of you probably do that. Prayer is more like a continual conversation than you know one moment a day or just before meals. And you're always, especially when something's bothering you, talking to God about it. So that's all fine. Here's where the problem comes in. This thing's bothering me right now, but tomorrow it'll probably be something else, okay? And then next week, it'll be something different from that. And this problem that I'm really concerned about today is going to get resolved, all right? And I'm going to be thinking about this next issue, and then the next one, and here's the issue for me. The problem way back here that I prayed so hard about, that I was concerned about, that got resolved... I never thought to thank God for dealing with that one, because I'm already worried about something else. I think for, for lots of us, maybe not all of us, that's really easy to do, and especially in a year like 2020, where we've got something today, and then, man, it's a whole different thing tomorrow that we're worried about, so we forgot what was going on yesterday. We forgot that we were praying hard about it. We forgot that we were talking to God and asking for his help. And we forgot that he helped us. We forgot that God dealt with it. And maybe it's because sometimes we think, well, I solved the problem. Or it just went away. And we don't really acknowledge that God can work in lots of different ways. Sometimes He uses us, other people, lots of things that God does, and so we forget that even though it may not be a miraculous thing that God did, God still dealt with it. God still worked in our lives. And we forgot to give thanks. At least I sometimes do. I'm a lot like, you know, that story where Jesus heals 10 people who have leprosy and and they all run off and like they're so excited because this is over. It's a tremendous relief. They're headed to the priest. They've been away from family and friends. Once they go to the priest and the priest says, you're well, you're clean. They can go home, hug their kids, their, their wife, all that. It's great news. And one of them remembers to go back to Jesus and give thanks. I oftentimes am not that guy. I'm with the other nine going on to the next thing. And maybe you are too. I think there are all times uh, that all of us have times that we could look back and say, I failed to give thanks. Even though I begged for God's help, once He helped me, once I moved on, I didn't give thanks. And today, I want us to turn to a scripture that I think helps us, reminds us, just how important that is. And, and can help us encourage ourselves to be more thankful for what God does in our lives. And to do that, I want us to turn to Psalm 46. We're in the Psalms in this series because we can look in lots of different places in Scripture and find encouragement to give thanks, but the Psalms, and they have that language down. It is all about praising God. It is all about giving thanks in great circumstances and in difficult circumstances. And so these Psalms really speak to us. Psalm 46 is a powerful psalm in my mind it's 11 verses we're not going to read it all today i encourage you to read it a little bit later and hear what this has to say but listen to this first verse of psalm 46 god is our refuge and strength an ever-present help in trouble God is our refuge and strength an ever-present help in trouble. Now, what that tells me from the outset is this psalmist is going through something, right? You only need a refuge and strength if there's trouble. Now, if you live in the ancient world, you know where the refuge is. You know where the place of safety is because in that world, you just never knew. I mean, you didn't have any kind of news outlet that tells you, hey, there's an army on the way. They just showed up and here they are and you've got to find a place of safety. So you knew where to go. And the psalmist is saying, God is that for us. God is our place of refuge and safety. God is our refuge and strength. And so when we do have struggles in life, and we will, God is the place to go. God is the very best help that we have. The psalmist says that God is an ever-present help. Now, the the Hebrew scholars, the people who know this language far better than I, struggle with this word, ever-present help in trouble. Okay. It's not easy to translate over into English. If we translated it, you know, most literally, that word ever-present is something like is found greatly, okay? The is found greatly kind of help that God gives us. Well, what does that mean? Some of the translations say well-proved. The point is, it's the best help we've got. It's the help that has been proved over the years, that has been shown to be real and sure. That's the kind of help that God provides for us. An ever-present help in trouble. Now, God's help shows up in lots of ways. Sometimes it is powerful and miraculous, and it shocks us what God has done. And it's unexplainable. And then there are other times... When God works through our gifts and abilities, when God works through the gifts and abilities of other people to meet a need that's in front of us. And that can still be God at work, right? God can put encouragers around us. Maybe you have encouragers in the room today with us. God can use the medical community to bring healing to us. God can do lots of things. Sometimes it's powerful and amazing. Sometimes it's mundane. But it can still be the power of God, and it can be that ever-present, is-found-greatly kind of help that the psalmist is praising God for here at the beginning of Psalm 46. That's the God that we're talking about. Verse 2. Therefore, we will not fear. So that's the statement. We're not going to be afraid. And then he gives some conditions. Though the earth gives way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, in the face of all that, we will not fear. Now, if we look at that, there's a real contrast. The contrast is between the mountains and the sea. And for this ancient group of people, these Hebrews, the mountains represented for them everything that was sure and secure. They were the place of refuge and strength. Okay, They represented the presence of God. Where did Moses go to get the law, the Ten Commandments? Mount Sinai okay oftentimes when they wanted to find a place of worship the old testament talks about the high places where they worshiped all kinds of gods why the mountains represented sure secure it's not going away it's always there and the sea for them represented everything that was dangerous Because the sea is filled with chaos. You cannot control it. It changes constantly. You don't know when a storm is going to blow up. You don't know when you'll be capsized. You don't know when you'll drown. And you don't know what's down there. But the psalmist says, we will not fear Though the very symbol of the presence of God, the symbol of everything that is sure and secure, even if it falls apart, if, if it literally disintegrates into the chaos of the sea that represents everything that is dangerous to us, even then we won't be afraid. Why? Because God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble.
1: We don't have time to
0: read the whole psalm today, so I want to go down or study the whole psalm today. I want to read uh, verse 10, because I think that speaks to this. He says, the psalmist quoting God, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still and know that I am God. Now, you know, when we are in danger, when we are afraid, when we're stressed, when we're filled with anxiety, when something is going on that really is threatening us, we sort of default into that fight or flight mentality, right? And when we're afraid, our natural reaction is I'm going to fight my way out of this or I'm going to run for the hills. Okay? One of the two. And in this psalm, God calls His people, instead of fighting or fleeing, just to be still and to know that He is God. Do you know how hard that is? And when you are really stressed out, I mean, like for me, if I if I've got some anxiety going on, if I'm stressed about something. I'm going to be busy, right? Something's going to get cleaned or cooked or the yard's going to get... I mean, something's going to happen, right? Because I can't sit still. God says, be still. And instead of just activity for the sake of activity, which there's a place for that at times, but there's also a place for centering ourselves on the presence of God in our lives. As hard as it is, that's where we need to be. Because our refuge and strength is not in ourselves and our activity. Our refuge and strength is God. Verse 11, the end of the psalm. The Lord, and that is the the personal name for God. Yahweh Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. God is present. God is our protection. God is our help, the very best help we could find. Whether the threat is emotional or spiritual or physical, God is still the best help we can find. And so the lesson for us today, give thanks to the God who stands with you. Whatever the trouble is, God deserves worship because... He's there in the midst of your trouble. Whatever the trouble is, whatever's causing the anxiety, the fear, the stress, God is present with you. And so you can be still. So you can find that ever-present help. God is there. And because of that, he deserves our thanks. He deserves our praise. Yeah, he deserves our praise because of who he is. And he deserves our thanksgiving because he's willing to listen to our struggles and listen even to our complaints and all that we talked about before. But because of what God does and the way he protects us in the midst of danger and the way he meets our needs and helps us overcome the things that seem to threaten us, God deserves our praise. How does this work out in daily life? My guess is you could come up with a list of ways to put this in practice. I want to give you a short list myself because I think it's so important. First, keep asking God for help. That's where I said I begin. I'm pretty good at that part, right? Well, we all need to be good at that. We all need to just keep doing that. The problem is not asking God for too much help. We need to keep asking God for help. There's no way to get to the be still and know that I'm God if you never ask God for the help to begin with. So let's keep doing that. Don't stop. But second, take note of the ways that God helps you. Take note of the ways that God helps you. This is where I get into trouble. Because I'm so worried about the next thing, I forget what God has done before. And, and, and my thinking here really is the only way that I can do this very well is to keep a list. Keep a list of what I'm praying for because then I can look back and say, oh, yeah. I forgot all about that. Yeah, it was just four days ago, but I forgot about that. God has dealt with that. God is my refuge and strength. God is my ever-present help in trouble. The only way I can give thanks is if I take note of what God is doing. In a year like 2020, it is way too easy to get upset and worried about the next thing that just happened. And forget that God has walked with us through the rest of this year. Third, recognize that God's help doesn't always take the form we're looking for. Sometimes God helps us in unexpected ways. Sometimes God helps us in ways that are far more powerful, even miraculous, than we might have ever guessed. And sometimes God helps us in subtle, mundane, everyday, sort of plain kinds of things that we don't always take note of. Sometimes God helps us by not giving us what we asked for. We've talked about that before. And so we have to be open to seeing God at work in ways that we might not expect. And then finally, celebrate God's work in your life. I mean, the psalmist says the nations will rejoice. What well, the nations are rejoicing, we ought to be rejoicing in our ever-present help that we find in God. For a thousand years, much of Central Europe was ruled by the Holy Roman Emperor, um, the Holy Roman Empire. The Emperor was the leader. They had a legislative body that in some ways is confusingly called a diet. Okay? In 1521, that legislative body met in the city of Worms, which is spelled Worms, so it was called the Diet of Worms, right? Which is even more confusing. But it's just a group of people meeting, and they met from January to May to consider the Pope's condemnation of a local priest named Martin Luther. Luther was accused of doing things like encouraging people, everyday Christians, to read the Bible for themselves in their own language. To believe that they were saved because they put faith in Jesus Christ. To worship and to hear preaching in their own language things that almost exactly 500 years later we take for granted he stood condemned he finished his defense of himself and all he believed and had done with these words unless i'm convinced by the testimony of scriptures or by or by clear reason for i do not trust either in the pope or in councils alone Since it is well known that they have often erred and contradicted themselves, I am bound by the scriptures I have quoted, and my conscience is captive to the word of God. I cannot and will not recant anything, since it is neither safe nor right to go against my conscience. May God help me. Amen. And in the aftermath of that diet, that trial, as it were, Luther composed a hymn, you might have heard of it, A Mighty Fortress. And if you read the words of that hymn sometime, what you'll find is his inspiration was Psalm 46. The very words that we've read today. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Finishing with, the Lord Almighty is with us, The God of Jacob is our fortress. Give thanks to the God who stands with you. Let's pray together. Now we do give thanks to you because we know know the truth that sometimes we forget that you are always there, that you give us this help that we can find nowhere else. And we're thankful for that, and we ask for your help today. God, as we reflect on our week, most of us can remember something that was very troubling at some point this week. But is nearly forgotten now. Oftentimes because you've done powerful work in our lives. Maybe in mundane ways, but powerful nonetheless. We give you praise for that. We give thanks for that. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, we give thanks most of all for Jesus on the cross and the offer of forgiveness and eternal life. And if you're ready to receive those gifts, we'd love to talk with you about that, about faith and repentance and baptism. If you've made that decision, let us know. Come forward as we stand and sing our invitation. Let's stand together.